We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. Hello and welcome to today's episode of KCSN Update. I'm Tucker Franklin, hanging out with you here on a beautiful Wednesday morning or whatever you're listening to this podcast. I always say the day when I start off because I know that you guys like to, if it's a Wednesday, you like to hear that it's Wednesday, but I realize the podcast, you can just listen to it whenever you want. So I'll stop saying the date if you want me to, but it's a beautiful Wednesday here and I'm so stoked to be joined uh, by Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire and of KCSN Daily, uh, doing it all, wearing a bunch of different hats and he's wearing a really sick hat right now. If you're watching this on the YouTube, got the old school Denver Nuggets, got to represent. Charles, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Excited, uh, excited to see these guys uh, in the finals. Excited about some Chiefs football, and uh, excited for the off season. <laughs> Absolutely, off season. We we about hit full swing off season. It's like June. We're but we're creeping up very quickly on June, the last day of May. When you're listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> so we are we are getting all kinds of. Uh, slow leaks from the media we had press conferences from uh from Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes but like that's probably going to be the only thing you're going to get from the team uh leading up to before training camp I think they'll have a couple other press conferences but nothing too substantial but I think there is something that did happen pretty substantially Friday news dump that happened last week DeAndre Hopkins said to be released the Cardinals are planning to release him now I don't think he was officially on the transaction report for uh, Friday, Charles, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he was officially released. Uh, we'll see when the transaction report comes out, if he if he actually is. I assume he will be. I think the, the NFL's lead conspiracy theorist, Mike Florio, was on it, as saying that he could still be traded. Yeah, but they wouldn't say he was going to be released if he could. If they were still going to trade for him. Right. It was one of those technicality things where, like, I, I think he was actually released on Friday, but the league, since there was a holiday, they can't actually process the transaction report until Tuesday. Yeah. So it's like you get a transaction report that has like five days worth of stuff in it. But yeah, so I, I, I don't think there was any shot that that uh, that Hopkins could be traded in that period. I mean, technically he could, but, you know, wh- why would that happen when uh, 
it, it hasn't happened this like whole time, right? That they've been trying to trade him with the with all that that you know uh, potential leading up to the draft and during the draft, and then it just all passed by. And you know, there there the Arizona Cardinals are not getting anything for their star receiver. And it's crazy. We're going to talk about this. We're going to we're going to attack this from all angles, uh, Charles, because I think there's just so much that goes into this from the Chiefs' point of view, from just like the Cardinals' point of view as well. There's a lot that goes into it not being a post June one release. There goes in a, a lot into it of just like from the Chiefs' point of view and, and the Bills. And there's a lot of other teams that were in the bidding war. I think Chiefs and Bills were the two ones that s- sounded like uh, from reports that sounded like they were in the most contention for it. But ultimately, that asking price from the Arizona Cardinals was just too high because the team who trades for him is probably going to have to eat a lot of that contract. It just makes sense for a team to say, like, oh, we'll give you a seventh rounder for him because we're going to have to pay a lot of this contract. And then the Cardinals are like, well, we don't really want to just get a seventh rounder for him. Um, so there's a lot that goes on there. Charles, the first question I want to ask you is, why do you think that they didn't June 1 release? Why do you think that they're releasing him right now and having to eat this money regardless? Uh, you know, I think that, the Cardinals are, are making kind of um, a, an educated choice in that, you know, you June one release them, you spread that cap hit out over the next couple of years. And you, you don't want to do that if you're planning on, you know, contending within the next two years, right? If you're sure. planning on, on having a good team, you want to make sure that, you know, you get that out of the way right now when you, when you can, I think they're like eighth or something in the NFL in effective cap space anyway. So it's like, you you can you can deal with that dead cap hit now, um, and, and not hurt yourself in the future when you know maybe it maybe they're going into like a full rebuild mode. Maybe you know if Kyler doesn't come back healthy after the knee injury this year and whatnot, maybe if they're picking in that number one spot, number two spot, and they can get one of these top quarterbacks, maybe they're restarting this whole thing with a fresh new young quarterback. And they're going to want money to invest in the defense, invest in some weapons for him. They're, they're going to want that money this next free agency period, as opposed to right now when they're kind of in this gray area with their team, when you don't know what's going to happen. For sure. And I, and I think all that is very interesting too, because a lot of people, when they talked about DeAndre Hopkins brought up the no trade clause, obviously that clause was waived because of his suspension from the, the PEDs. But he was in the driver's seat the whole time, even though he didn't have a no-trade clause. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was was really decided where he was going to go, ultimately. Uh, I don't think that he was going to play for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals were upset that he just chose to sit out the last two games of the season, even though he was healthy. So that relationship there was already fractured. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins holds the keys to his future now, officially, even though he really already did before. Um, so you've got the new coaching staff coming in there. You've got the, the, the new, uh, front office members coming in there. So it, it really feels like, you know, this was a decision to, from, from the tops to the bottom, move on from the player, cut ties. Things were already a little shaky. Yeah. So uh, looking at it now from, let's look at it from the chief's point of view. There's a couple of ways. And what I have written down on my notes here, uh, Charles is, does it make sense there's a lot of ways that you can think about that question of does it make sense? You can think of it from the financial side of things. You can look at it from the schematic side of things. So I'm curious to what you think, Charles. You told me before we started that you got some takes, so I'm ready for them. <laughs> does it make sense for the Chiefs to sign DeAndre Hopkins? I, I, like you're saying, I think there's a lot of good arguments for and against. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most notably, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the money situation, that the NFL is tricky with that. 
you know, you have cash, you have cap, you have all these different things that are kind of playing into that. Um, and, and kind of the big report out now, uh, about, you know, um, Oda Buckham Jr.'s contract kind of messing things up with the trade and then um, Donovan Smith's deal being structured in a way that they were talking about structuring um, DeAndre Hopkins' you know, reworked deal in Kansas City, right? So we can kind of assume that they're talking about the incentive structure and um, not likely to be earned incentives, likely to be earned incentives. Essentially, the money that's going to be paid out maybe down the line next year I think the Chiefs, when when they put incentives and in contracts, they're pretty. Um, they have a pretty good idea of the ones that are going to hit and the ones that aren't going to hit, and they they have a limit that they want to do that. They don't like spending, you know, money from next year on results this year. Um, they're they're very um, meticulous in how they plan things out uh, with the cap, especially after the COVID years where they kind of found themselves, um, you know not having the wiggle room that they needed necessarily. Um, I think to, you know, necessarily keep, uh, the roster as competitive at certain positions as they wanted. And, you know, I think, uh, now they're, they're leaving themselves a little bit more wiggle room so that, you know, say like something happens in the middle of the season, you have to go out and get a player at a certain position that you have the ability to do that. You have the flexibility to do that, um, without, you know, robbing from the future to pay it out. So, I, I think that there's an element of that um, that's kind of going on here that, you know, maybe it does make sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense financially for the Chiefs. Um, from a purely football perspective, I feel like you absolutely have to you know go out and get as many great players as you can. Right. That's like the goal of every front office. Just accumulate great players, uh, surround your quarterback with these pieces that can help him uh, you know, win. And I think DeAndre Hopkins would absolutely do that in Kansas City. Um, I think one of the big pushbacks to that, right, is that it's going to stunt the growth or the development of some of the young receivers that they have now. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, when we think about it, I, actually, one of my contributors just wrote about this, brought up like a really great point, which is that Rasheed Rice, second round draft pick. Yeah, we just invested a lot of draft capital in him. But who does he model his game after? He told reporters literally his first interview. In Kansas City, he tells reporters, I model my game after DeAndre Hopkins, right? So what what's more important, right? Is it more important that he has the, you know, 40 to 50 extra reps that maybe he'll get in the course of the season um, on the field without DeAndre Hopkins? Or would it be more valuable for him to learn from DeAndre Hopkins, right? Would, would that be a more substantial investment? So... I think there's so much of, of a balancing act that the Chiefs kind of have to do all around. Um, but but I think it's just hard to come out and flat out say that, no, that would be a, a horrible move or, or no, that would be a great move. I think there's there's certainly that balance to it. Absolutely. It's a very nuanced conversation, which is, you know, you know, Twitter's a great place for those conversations <laughs> uh, to have those conversations. It's very nuanced. And then you've brought up a lot of good points, but. Uh, you know, Charles, I've, we've got to take a break real quick before I get into it, because if I go, we're going to go for too long before we're hitting this break. So we got to hit this break first. We'll be right back. I'm, I'm going to hit on a couple of things that you guys you just talked about. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. We're hanging out here with Charles Goldman of Chiefs Wire. And obviously, if you subscribe to the KCSN Substack, you know he's of the KCSN Daily newsletter that you get in your inbox every single day. That's a free subscription. So if you hop in there, you can get the free subscription. The link is below. You can check that out in the podcast description or in the description of the YouTube video, whatever you are listening to this on. You can also get the paid subscription as well. You could ask us to the Discord. Get to ask questions for 21 questions. Get to hang out with everybody. Over 500 members now in that Discord. So ton of ton of Chiefs fans, hardcore Chiefs fans hanging out yeah. in there. I actually added to the Friday's KCSN Daily this offseason. I'm asking you guys questions yeah. in the KCSN Discord. So... Get in on that if you want your voice heard. Absolutely. Uh, that's a, it's a great, great thing that you got going on there. I really like that wrinkle that you had. I, I'll go to the Friday edition and scroll down. Not, no offense to you, Charles, but I want to see what the people are saying down there and see your questions uh, that you're asking them. But I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins when it comes to like schematically on the field, right? Because I know that you talked about kind of stunting the growth of the younger guys. But on the contrary, when we were talking about in the offseason, that the Chiefs needed to add another guy in this room, right? Because I, I, as much as I want to believe that Kadarius Tony is number one wide receiver, he hasn't been healthy for a full season like ever. So I don't really want to put a lot of stock into that. MVS was on the field a decent amount. I think he got hurt a couple times, got banged up, missed a couple games. But a guy that you don't necessarily want to plant your flag as your number one wide receiver on your team. And then Sky Moore, a guy who was a rookie last year, kind of unproven. If you bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, that takes a whole lot of pressure off of Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore to have to perform at wide receiver one and wide receiver three levels, right? I didn't think that that was kind of the, the thought process behind there. When we were talking about all these different wide receivers, I don't even know if Alan Lazard was thrown out there. Probably Juju, I think, was the one that was the biggest one uh, about coming back to the Chiefs. That was the kind of the thing is like, okay, you give these guys a little bit more time to develop, find their roles, and really be able to find themselves as wide receivers in this Chiefs offense. Because we know it's it's not an easy offense to learn. And especially you mentioned Rasheed Rice. It's a conversation we haven't had about Rasheed Rice because, you know, 
a lot of that large part of that conversation about bringing in a wide receiver to let these young guys develop was before the draft. Now, coming in after the draft, you got another guy you can even add to that room, add to that mix, because I think having him, as you mentioned, that would be invaluable. It'd be hard to put a dollar amount on that, to have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the guy he models his game after, to be in that same room with him. And when it comes to the dollar amount and the price-wise, I think I saw some people freak out about a report, I believe it was from Albert Breer, about the structure similar. You talked about the uh, Donovan Smith contract. Uh, you have to really pay attention to to the the actual language this time of year of structure. Similarly, I think people thought that they said, oh, they only offered DeAndre Hopkins a $2 million deal, a $2 million guaranteed contract with a bunch of incentives. I don't think that that was the deal. I don't think that was the case. I wouldn't say that that would be the case. Just a lot of incentives. And you could, listen, I think that they're going to do that for a lot of guys that they're going to bring in on uh, one, two-year deals. They're going to offer them a lot of incentives. Juju's contract was structured that way where it had a lot of incentives and uh, some not likely to be earned and some likely to be earned uh, as well in those. But all very interesting when it comes to the somatic side of things. And I think that you would be kind of silly to say, no, the Chiefs the Chiefs don't really need DeAndre Hopkins. But I- I'm curious to, to your thoughts on this, Charles. We just saw the Chiefs last year go out without a number one wide receiver and, you know, win a Super Bowl. They did pretty well without having a number one target, a number one wide receiver, I should say. Travis Kelsey is obviously the number one target, but a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is going to want the ball in his hands. And he's already got Travis Kelsey there taking away targets. Do you think that could cause a rub in the locker room, anything like that? Or do you think Patrick Mahomes likes it more of a work? I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes doesn't want a, a like a Pro Bowl, all pro type level receiver on this team, but like having it so he can just kind of spread it out and not have to worry about getting guys touches in some, some, some sense of it. Yeah, I always think that stuff uh, is kind of a little bit overblown. I mean, yeah, guys want the ball, but you want guys who want the ball every possible chance they can get it, right? Absolutely. Like, you want guys that are motivated to be great. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to be something that, that really rubs the rock locker room in, in the wrong way, especially if he's, like, vocal about it. Um, you know, I, I think that it the fact that the Chiefs, when they were inquiring about you know, trading for Hopkins, that they got permission to talk to him. They probably have a good idea of how he's going to fit into their culture um, and, and whatnot. And um, as far as we know, uh, that wasn't, you know, an issue. That wasn't something that kind of stopped that trade from happening. It was more about the financial aspect of it, his contract and whatnot. Right. So uh, I, I think, you know, something like that, um, you're, you're not going to have to worry about that too much, uh, not not Casey. I mean, maybe if you had a different quarterback situation or you know uh, different types of leaders in that room, but I think uh, I think the culture there is is tip top, and that a guy like that would be able to buy in pretty easy. Absolutely, got a pretty good quarterback in Kansas yeah, City. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good one. Now I, I've seen this floated around there. You talked about financially already. I kind of want to go back to that because Chiefs don't have a ton of cap room according to a lot of these uh fan sites you know they're never 100 percent accurate right but they're as close as we can get as guys who follow the team and people who follow the team that's as close as you can kind of get to it they don't have a ton of cap space left but i think one thing that i i was thinking about when when I, all this news was coming out on friday is there's a chris jones extension coming around the corner and you know when that happens this year is going to get redone and it's going to be probably a lot less of a cap hit than he has that we're going on right now uh, so what are your thoughts on maybe them restructuring Chris Jones in efforts to, I, I think they're going to extend Chris Jones anyway, right? I should say that, but I, but in efforts to sign DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I, I think that the two things could happen. I don't think that 
one happening would necessarily have anything to do with the other. Sure. I think that if if you're restructuring, uh, excuse me, extending Chris Jones, you're you're going to be doing that anyways. I don't think you're going to feel rushed to do that because of this DeAndre Hopkins scenario. I mean, obviously, this isn't something that the team foresaw happening or they probably would have planned for it. I think they kind of expected, okay, Hopkins is either going to get traded elsewhere or he's not getting cut. Um, I, I think that that it kind of has taken the league a little bit by surprise that Hopkins is now out here and available. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be scrambling to figure out a way to, you know, uh, fit his deal under the cap. Um, I, I think that the salary cap's a lot more malleable than we really, you know, understand their ways to structure the deals that they don't really take or touch a lot of the cap space this year. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, there there are certainly ways to um to to handle the money situation to to get DeAndre Hopkins in the door. Um, as far as Chris Jones is concerned, I think it's a no brainer for the Chiefs to try to come to the table and get something done with him. He's really the centerpiece of the defense, and um, they they simply just don't have another player who produces like he does in terms of pressures and sacks um, on on such a consistent basis. I think this past year, he really established himself as the top defensive tackle in the NFL. I, I personally think that he earned that mantle last season. Um, you know, obviously there's some debate there with him and Aaron Donald, but I think like you're talking like a 1A, 1B type of scenario closer than a 1 and 2 scenario after this last season. And um, I, I know just personally, Jones is a very goal-oriented, very motivated, highly motivated individual like he's he's not going to be satisfied with even winning just the Super Bowl last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a guy who wants to go out and continue achieving, not just personally, but but his with his teammates as well. You know, he wants to reach as many new heights as he possibly can. You know, he's talked about winning Defensive Player of the Year before. Um, so I, I think that you know he's still very motivated. He's still um, got got a lot of juice left in the tank, a lot to offer. So I think. You know, it, it's a no-brainer to go out and and you know find a way to to make that money work and keep him in Kansas City for you know as long as uh, they possibly can. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do that balancing act between you know keeping these guys at that core. I, I do think Chris Jones is incredibly vital to this defense, and I've been on record as saying I think this defense can be a top five defense in the league this year. I think that the the way you look at how they're constructed, the depth now that they have at uh, the the defensive line. The linebacker position now has a lot of depth when you add Drew Tranquil to it. I really like that addition. The secondary just has a lot of young guys in it. They're just going to hopefully, they're going to hopefully get a whole lot better. Knock on wood. Uh, they just get better as the year goes on. And then they uh, they have, you know, Justin Reed, the veteran guy in the safety the department. And then you got LeJerry Seed, who is another guy who has a, who has a contract coming up. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Chiefs kind of handle that one, especially with how they hit so well on their defensive back. It's going to be, Maybe Chamari Connor. Maybe he comes out and he plays really well, and the Chiefs feel comfortable saying, "All right, we can trade Legarius Sneed, see if we can get anything back for him," or they just ultimately let him walk. That'd be very interesting to see how they handle that, just kind of moving forward, especially in this age of where we're talking about adding an All-Pro type wide receiver. This that's not going to stop. That conversation is not going to quit. Every time Patrick Mahomes is is going to be a quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to be talking about adding top talent at the wide receiver position. Going to be see how they handle. Interesting to see how they handle contracts on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think really what they did great this offseason, the depth of talent just across the board. Yeah, really going to make 
each position group that much more competitive, that much better. Um, I'm excited. I'm so excited for training camp this year. I think there's yeah. going to be so many great like battles. So many of these young guys just clawing their way, trying to make this really, really competitive roster when in reality, there's just not a whole lot of spots, right? So um, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how some of these things play out, um, how the coaching staff views some of these players, especially some of the undrafted players they added, and whether or not any of them can find roles, you know, kind of on the back end of that that depth in Kansas City. They didn't have a really good offseason. I think they had one of the best, I believe. I saw someone, I can't remember who, Bill Barnwell, I believe it was from ESPN, said they had the seventh best offseason. Uh, so far, I know the draft wasn't huge, splashy drafts, but as you mentioned, it really helps with the depth of this team. Now, when you look at the defensive line, I get really excited when I start to talk about the defensive line because you're looking at guys like uh, Keandre Coburn at the defensive tackle position with Chris Jones. Bring back Derek Nottie. Now, he didn't have the best of year last year, but get him on another deal. You can get him another body at least in there. That's good. Tershawn Warden's fully healthy. You go FAU now on the edge. Felix Anaduke Uzama. You're going to have George Karloftis. Now, the possibility of bringing back Frank Clark is really interesting. If they can bring him back on a team-friendly deal, if he's willing to come back on a team-friendly deal, I should say, that could be another uh, thing where Frank Clark could be could use could be used more effectively. Right? He doesn't have to go out there and play a whole lot of snaps. He can still he can be used when the Chiefs need him to to be used. I think that skinny Frank Clark, man, he was he was dangerous last year. I had someone pose an interesting question to me the other day. Uh, they asked me, "Who do you think would have?" more of an impact if the Chiefs were to sign slash re-sign DeAndre Hopkins or Frank Clark. Because I, I feel like it, it might end up being kind of a one or the other type situation. I'm not sure that they can really mm. figure out a way to fit both of those deals in right now, the way things currently stand. And, and you know, you got you still have some of these young guys on the defensive line. You brought two new ones in just this this last year, right, right, this uh, during the draft in uh, BJ Thompson and, and FAU. So, and, and you saw exactly what Frank Clark is able to do uh, with with the young talent with uh, George Karloftis last year, right? So you saw how he took him under his wing and how you really, you know, adjusted him to like this is the way you do things in the NFL. These are types of things that you can do to to find success, you know, as a player. Um, really set him up with that routine. So I'm wondering, like. Is that going to be something that could set the team up for greater success? Could could DeAndre Hopkins have that same type of impact for for the receiver room? I I just thought it was a really interesting question. Wow, that is the more I think, man, yeah, that is a really good question because it, it could be one of those things where you know I don't know, I don't I don't know how much Frank Clark is willing to come back on a team deal, right? I, I don't know Frank personally, so I don't know what what he's what he wants to do. I know he's been some ties to what it was Cleveland. Uh, what had some he had some ties there? Or I think uh, I think Juan Thornhill was maybe recruiting him there or something like that. That's right. Um, yeah, no, Chris Jones still is tweeting like every day at for the to resign Frank Clark. Like today's a great day to resign uh Frank Clark. Listen, the guys love him in the locker room. That's not that's like not arguable. You see him every day at training camp. I think we were posting pictures at KCSN of him out there working with those guys. And imagine having uh Felix Andrew DK Uzoma working with uh with Frank Clark there. He's got a little bit of that. A uh, little bit of Frank Clark in him. You can see a little bit. And B.J. Thompson as well. Man, it, especially if, if those guys end up panning out, end up working out and having Frank Clark there, that'd be fun. Again, with DeAndre Hopkins, that could be a good one, but that could be a little bit more of a, an expensive ad than what Frank Clark could potentially be. The value is the value is certainly there. And uh, the, I know that there's the Chiefs aren't the only 
team that made some pretty exciting moves in the offseason, Charles. I want to talk to you a little bit more about other teams in the AFC. And there's been some comments made by other teams in the AFC, particularly the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, kind of getting at the Chiefs a little bit. I wanted to get your thoughts on those coming up right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I'm hanging out with Charles Goldman here of the Chiefs Wire and KCSN Daily. We're hanging out. We're talking about Chiefs offseason. A lot of DeAndre Hopkins top going on, so we were talking to DeAndre Hopkins, and now I think it, I think we got to talk other teams in the league, right? Before the break, I was talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe it was T. Higgins might have said something. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I get them confused. I think they're the same person. I'm I'm not convinced. I've seen them on the field at the same time. Um, I, I, I they, one of those guys said something about how the, they've won up the Chiefs now that Orlando Brown Jr. is there. It seems like those guys can't stop talking about the Chiefs, Charles. Yeah, I the the whole discourse uh, surrounding Orlando Brown Jr. I had a tweet about this earlier. I just it's weird. It's very it's very weird. It's very like alternative facts like to me. You know, it's just like I I feel like uh, some Bengals fans are like choosing what to what to see, what not to see there. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with Boyd's comments, I mean, you know, he was he he felt like they won up the Chiefs by. By assigning Orlando Brown, like they were, like you know, making the Chiefs worse by stealing away Orlando Brown from them when the the Chiefs had so many opportunities to resign him, right? Mm-hmm. They could have placed the franchise tag on him this year and just kept him on the franchise tag exclusively, no competition, what have you, just done that, and they could have kept him. They chose not to. They chose to let him go. So I, I don't, I don't understand that that take that um that narrative of it um and then just the just the whole thing uh about um you know it, it's one thing you're hyping up a new player i get it you you like uh what your team did by going out and getting this player but i mean goodness they're they're um very bullish on you know his ability and whatnot this is a player that 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 led the nfl in pressures last season <laughs> like right. that is the undeniable truth there's a reason that the Chiefs moved on from him uh, beyond fi- financials. I mean, that, that has part to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a reason that they felt comfortable moving on from him. And um, I, I think that it has to do with his performance. And to ignore that, um, to like dunk on your your opponents, your, your foes, your rivals, so to speak, yeah. 
I that that is just wild to me. It's it's a little wild to me. It was a very interesting comment. Um, and and they've had several interesting comments. I think a really, they were talking about wanting to play the Chiefs week one is what they were what, what kind of really started. There's a bunch of like Bengals players like yeah we want them week one we want them week one. Also, I don't know as a player why you wouldn't want that game to like need a whole lot more than week one, right? Like week 17 makes sense for that game, for where that game to be played. It's going to have some seating implications, everything like that. Uh, listen, we've talked we've talked tirelessly about the schedule and the placement of these games. Um, I do think that's very interesting. And just like Chiefs, I feel like Chiefs fans as a whole were kind of over Orlando Brown, right? Like, I don't think that like now there's certain certain groups of people that you know, still believe that Orlando Brown was the best left tackle on the market. And free agent wise, he probably was the best left tackle on the free agent market. And I think that the, uh, I, th- I think the Bengals kind of got themselves a bargain out of the deal when it, when it comes to it at the end of the day, as he's passing day was going, he was getting less money in terms right. of the free agent market. Um, so I good on the Bengals for hopping on that and getting the Orlando Brown jr. We'll see how it plays out. I know that they signed, I can't remember who asked for a trade immediately after like that was, he was signed. Um, I think they're, Previous uh, left tackle Jonah Williams, yeah, uh, Jonah Williams, yeah, he asked for uh, asked for a trade. But I think with the offensive line too, we can even refer go back to the like the Chiefs' offensive line with this. And we talked about depth for the defensive line. I think they really added a lot of depth for the offensive line as well. You got to have a lot of that because it's a game of attrition. We saw the Chiefs in the 2020 Super Bowl end up, you know, the offensive line. They got to the end of the road. They just didn't have enough bodies. That's what kind of happened to the Cincinnati Bengals last year. They just didn't have enough offensive line bodies. The Chiefs are making sure that that's not going to happen again. They draft, obviously, uh, Wanya Morris. They signed Donovan Smith after the draft, and kind of a surprise move, I think, to a lot of people. The Donovan Smith deal kind of was. And obviously signing Juwan Taylor to a, a large deal for a right tackle uh, as of now. So uh, very interesting to see how that offensive line shakes out. What are your thoughts on it, Charles? Yeah, just um, the, the last thing I'll touch on, the, the Orlando Brown situation. I think it's entirely... Um, fair and plausible to say the Bengals upgraded their offensive line mm-hmm. and the Chiefs were right in moving on from Orlando Brown Jr. Like both things can be true because the offensive line has been one of the biggest problems for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's entirely possible that Orlando Brown's style of play combined with Joe Burrow is going to look a lot better than it does with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who... Yeah you know, is maybe holding on to the ball a little bit longer than Joe Burrow is. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that, that is something that's entirely fair to, uh, to, to kind of speculate on and think about, um, as far as the chiefs offensive line is concerned, I, I think that they've kind of, you know, they, they've told us along the way, kind of these ideas that they've had for the offensive line, but I'm really getting so many mixed signals. I mean, just from what Andy Reid said this, this past week, right? Like, uh, he was like, well, we had Jawan Taylor left tackle for some practices. And then Lucas Niang was at right tackle with him. Like that doesn't even have Donovan Smith involved in there. And when Donovan Smith was signed, he was like, oh, he's going to play left tackle for us. So I, I, I just don't think much is decided in terms of the, the um, offensive tackle position. I think we all kind of expect it to be, you know, Donovan Smith on the left side and Jawan Taylor on the right side. But I, I wouldn't put it past Andy Reid and Andy Heck and the coaching staff to kind of come in and say, hey, look, these are our five best guys, and it's not the people that you expected it to be. Um, you know, and maybe that situation changes down the line because of injury, because of uh-huh. uh, playtime that guys are getting in training camp and what have you. 
um, there, there's a lot of different things that could kind of come into play here. And um, with it being so, uh, I guess, undecided right now, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a year where we see the Chiefs keep 10 offensive linemen on the 53-man yeah. roster. I think they kept I think they kept nine last year. I, I might be mistaken. Maybe it was 10 as well. But I, I think it's a possibility that they go a little heavy there to have maybe an extra offensive tackle in the mix. I, I think they carried four last season. Um, I think Darian Kinnard's really going to make that that switch to right guard. I think they're slotting him in there at guard. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, it's going to probably be Donovan Smith, right? Juwan Taylor, Lucas Niang, Prince Tegawinogo, and Wani Morris. Like those five guys right there, I, I think it's highly possible that they're all on the roster uh, come September 1st going to be a very open competition for those two tackle spots i think i think they're going to i think they're going to put the two best tackles out there and uh what we see a whole lot with these situations that at training camp is uh, one of my favorite things to do is just tweet out like the the offensive line combinations that they always come out with that that doesn't mean they're going to start week one with those offensive line combinations they're trying to figure things out just as much as we are of like what they have with them and i do think it'd be interesting because they didn't sign Donovan Smith to such a deal where they feel like they have to play him every day, right? I mean, $2 million guarantee, I mean, that's a not, not a lot. <laughs> to me, that's a lot of money. If I had to pay the guy $2 million, it would be a lot of money. Um, but I think in terms of, of, of the, the payroll, I think that the, they'd be okay if that was a swing tackle situation, right? Where right. if he, he comes in as needed, I really want to see Wanya Morris kind of beat that door down and, and kind of break in. He's an incredible athlete. Uh, Duke Manyweather raves about him, so a guy that he he trains and you now look you're looking at this offensive line okay Creed Humphrey trains with him uh, Trey Smith trains with him Wanya Moore you're looking at a bunch of offensive linemen that have been trained with Duke Miniweather kind of keep him in that same system there and I think it's really interesting Craig Stout writing a great series on the KCS and Substack right now about just kind of the strategy and coaching of Andy Heck and and how uh, he coaches this offensive line techniques and everything like that so it's a great series if you don't uh, already subscribed you can subscribe for free to get charles stuff as i mentioned earlier but that's a paid version that's on the paid side of it that's 30 dollars a year that also gives you access to the discord that gives you access to all that great premium content that those casey lab guys do and they do every week they get all that uh that good film stuff way they're way smarter than i am charles i i could never you know and i've been e- editing uh joseph hefner stuff the analytics stuff yeah. Incre- incredible like i always learned something every time <laughs> it's my favorite favorite thing to do every week because i'm out here i'm like wow that's fascinating <laughs> yeah his charts are always so cool too like i love to look at the charts and just kind of dissect them and break them down too. the like the the way he is able to do that too that's just the coding behind it oh my god yeah. um he's built building apps over there for different things it's unreal uh he built a whole trade app like for the draft, like that's yeah. that's that's nuts. So that's why you sub- should subscribe to the KCSN uh, Substack if you need any more reasons. Uh, Thirty dollars a year. You can find that link down in the description. Charles, I appreciate you joining on and and joining me. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, yeah, I think um, you know OTAs great time for you know experimentation. We're talking about you know with the offensive line. I, I think you're going to see like a lot of different guys mixing in. Um, you know, we, we really only get one day a week with, uh, with media availability and, and, uh, media allowed out of practice so they can kind of watch and see what's going on. And, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of the young guys kind of mixing in at this time of the year, you know, especially because I think they had like over, just over 80 players, uh, in attendance last week. Yeah. So this week, I think 
you can expect around like 75, 80, you know, usually guys are kind of coming and going during the off season. They might have different things going on um, that, that have them not out at practice on a given day. Um, but you know, I think you're going to see some of these guys mix in, you know, obviously guys are coming back from injury still. So it's going to give some of these younger guys opportunities to really go out there and show what they have and press the coaching staff. Um, and yeah, I think that's just the fun part uh, of this time of year. You get some of these guys who are, you know, uh, really laying the foundation for what they can be, what they can do at the next step uh, when mandatory mini camp gets here. And then when training camp gets here in July. Absolutely, Charles. Thank you for hopping on with me for this KCSN update. Really appreciate you taking some time out and just talking some offseason, man, talking some offseason, everything that's been going on. So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of KCSN Update. I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get another episode of uh, KCSN Update for you. Uh, don't want to spoil anything. So you're going to have to subscribe to the podcast platform and you're going to give us a five-star rating interview if you did enjoy the podcast as well. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed so you do not miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.